Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. The Democrats move forward with the House impeachment vote. President Trump sends a wild letter to Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell plots his next steps. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy today at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, do you feel uncertain about things these days? Does it feel like the country is existing on knife's edge? Does it feel as though the economy could be inflated or could it possibly be depressed? Do you know anything? I don't know anything. It feels like nobody knows anything because everything is a mess. And it's about this time you should be thinking, maybe I should diversify my portfolio because if you don't know what's coming and nobody does, it is a good idea to have one foot in each area of the market, which means you should have like 12 feet. But one of those feet should actually be in precious metals. And this is where Birch Gold comes in. I trust the folks at Birch Gold. I've known them for years. They've been working with me for years. Right now, they actually have a really great offer for the holidays. They call it the Silver Stocking Stuffer Event. When you contact Birch Gold Group this month to buy precious metals, once you complete your purchase before December 20th, Birch Gold will send you free silver. It's a great stocking stuffer or Hanukkah gift. You can have a conversation with the Birch Gold expert, have all your questions answered, ask all of them so you feel like you have full information. And then at that point, you might want to think about putting at least some of your money in precious metals that the government cannot inflate, that the government cannot mess around with. You know, an actual hard asset that has a price. Go check out Birch Gold right now. All you have to do is text Ben to 474747 and claim your eligibility for their special offer today. Again, text Ben to 474747. We're always grateful to work with Birch Gold, and I think you'll enjoy working with them too. Text Ben to 474747. All right, so today is the day. Today is the big historic. Oh, uh, so everybody's very up for this impeachment thing. Very exciting. It's a historic day. So much history making. History, history, history. Hey, let me just explain something. History will care. I don't. And the reason I don't is because it's like going to a movie where you already know the ending. It's the most predictable movie in the world. The Democrats are going to impeach. The Republicans are going to acquit in the Senate. It's not going to have any massive impact on the election. Everything in the world is baked into this cake. Old shoes, human feces, everything is in the cake. And when it comes to 2020, the only ma- the only factor that is not baked into the cake is who the Democrats will nominate. We'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. When it comes to Trump, everything is baked into the cake. And I realized this morning, I was thinking about this with regard to how people view President Trump, because really how you view the impeachment is a referendum on how you view President Trump and even more than President Trump, how you feel about the broader political situation in the United States. I don't think that many people are actually looking at the charges in this case, and reading the Democrats' 659-page report, and then reading the Republicans' 200-page response, and being like, well, after considering all of the transcripts and all of the facts, here's where I come down on the legal metal of this case, on the evidentiary burden, has it been met or has it not been met? I don't think that most Americans are thinking that way. I think most Americans are thinking to themselves, is this impeachment appropriate or is this impeachment not? Are the people trying to impeach Trump politically motivated or are they motivated by just concern for the Constitution and preventing foreign countries from interfering in America's elections? I feel like we've been speaking past each other for quite a while here. And so there are a couple issues on which this is a referendum on Trump. And then there are a couple issues where this is a referendum on American politics 
as a whole. And it's all wrapped up together in a ball, and that's what people's opinions on impeachment are. But it comes down to this, I think. Do you think that President Trump is a murderer or is he a coroner? Is he a political murderer or is he a political coroner? So if you are on the left, you look at President Trump and you say, look at this wild dude. Look at this person. He lies frequently. He says things that are dishonest. He he breaks every rule of the presidency. He says things out loud that should never be said. He gets on phone calls and he just jabbers to the president of Ukraine about his political opponents. He's the kind of guy who will say or do anything. He'll insult people on Twitter. He, he rips the media and then he, he degrades the view of people of the media because he sees them as his enemy. He calls them the enemy of the people. This is somebody who cannot be normalized. And this is why you've heard Democrats say and, and people in the media say since literally the day he was elected and really since the day he was nominated, we cannot accept this as the new normal. We cannot accept this as the new normal. In other words, Trump murdered all of these conventions, right? There were all of these conventions that the media were trustworthy and Trump murdered it. He took it out back with a, with a pickaxe and buried it in the eye like, like Leon Trotsky. That, that Trump has murdered civility. Before this, we were a, a republic of comedy. And you see this in the rewriting of Barack Obama's history by the media. It has now been an accepted part of the media's history that Barack Obama was actually a politician of comedy and unity and spent his days trying to cut bipartisan deals, which for any of us who have a, a memory longer than that of the fish dory in Finding Nemo, we recognize that that's a bunch of crap. Okay, but for folks on the left, it's like, well, you know, Barack Obama, that was a man of honor and civility. Civility. And I don't remember a lot of civility from Barack Obama, but they do. They do. Don't you remember those days when there was a consensus that Politics stopped at water's edge, that you never militarize foreign policy on behalf of your own political viewpoint. And now Donald Trump has wrecked that. He's the murderer of that political consensus. The idea that we were all in it together. And it's true domestically, too. Trump has polarized us along domestic political lines, whereas once we were unified, it is Trump who has, who has wrecked everything. And this is the view of the left and the view of the media. And when it comes to impeachment, they say, well, if we don't impeach now, then we've broken impeachment forever. If we don't impeach now, then the very conventions of impeachment will have been destroyed for all time. Trump will have murdered them. It will just be another casualty of his evil. Okay, so the view of the left is that Donald Trump is the political murderer, right? That he is Michael Myers and that he is stalking Jamie Lee Curtis and that Jamie Lee Curtis is all that is good and right with the American Republic. And then there is the view of the people who are, I would say, probably on the middle or on the right. And that view is that Trump is not actually a political murderer. Yes, he exacerbates a lot of the problems that the country has already been experiencing. No, he's not militating against any of those. But Trump is much more a coroner than he is a murderer. That his election represents the recognition by the American people that all these things were already dead. Trump came upon the, the still warm corpse of American politics, and then he declared it dead. And so Democrats, seeing a man standing over the body, are going, oh, that guy probably killed him, right? That guy's the murderer. And Republicans, conservatives, independents, they're looking at Trump and they're going, nope, that body was dead. And Trump didn't exactly like get down on his hands and knees and perform CPR on the guy. But he ain't the murderer. He's the coroner. He's the person who came along and declared all of these things dead. So the media, the media's credibility was gone. It was already gone. Newt Gingrich was attacking it in 2012 to wild the claim. The media had already made clear that they were nothing but, but sort of drool carriers for Barack Obama. So Donald Trump coming along and ripping the media, that was nothing new. That was just him declaring something dead that we all knew was dead. Then when it comes to civility, Barack Obama was going around insulting everybody who didn't agree with him as a bitter clinger. 
Joe Biden was going around saying that Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney was going to put black people back in chains, that he was an evil person who put dogs on the top of his car and all of this. The, the, it, was, it was interest groups in favor of Barack Obama, super PACs, running ads suggesting that Mitt Romney had fired people so their wives would get cancer and die. So don't tell me that civility died because Donald Trump put a stake through its heart. Donald Trump is the coroner. He came along and he said, look, there's civility. It's dead. So I'm not going to pretend it's alive. No zombie civility here. The same thing when it comes to this quote-unquote consensus. There was no consensus on American foreign policy. Politics did not stop at water's edge. Most of us are old enough to remember when mainstream members of the left were suggesting that George W. Bush was a war criminal and should be tried in The Hague. We remember when the Democrats were undermining the, the Iraq war. When we remember when the Democrats were pulling precipitously out of Iraq and leaving room for ISIS. So let's not pretend that there was some sort of broad foreign policy consensus when Barack Obama and Ben Rhodes were lying to the faces of the American people about the supposed moderation of the regime in Iran. Remember all of that. And so Donald Trump came along and again, acted as the coroner. And he looks at time of death, 1120. And he's just the coroner. He ain't the murderer. And then finally, when it comes to impeachment, and that's today's news, people haven't left. They're like, well, if we don't impeach over this, then we won't be able to impeach over anything. And you know what? There, there is truth to the notion that whenever Congress slides on its impeachable responsibilities, that the, the ability to impeach is degraded. There's no question that that is true, that the less you use a particular impeachment is like any other muscle of the political body politic. The less you use it, the more it atrophies. It's only been used four times in American history. One of those times it ended in the resignation of President Nixon. Somebody said to me today, somebody on the right said to me today, who is a fan of the impeachment effort said to me, well, you know, if President Nixon were around today, he wouldn't be impeached, right? He would stick around. And the answer is that's probably true. If President Nixon were in office today, if Watergate had happened, it's probably true that he would have stuck around. It is also true that he was impeached for actual crimes. This impeachment effort, to distinguish it and to be completely fair, this impeachment effort has no crimes attached to it, which is why the Democrats did not charge bribery. It's why they did not charge wire fraud. It is why they did not charge obstruction of justice. Instead, they crafted these political crimes to avoid having to prove the element of an actual crime. So it's pretty obvious what they're trying to do here. But if you want to say that bad activity by the president of the United States is impeachable, well, guess what? Even there, President Trump is acting as a coroner. He is not acting as the murderer. So he's not making the problem any better. He ain't reviving the, the honor and coherence of the presidency. But I'm old enough to remember when Barack Obama's IRS was targeting conservatives, was finding keywords in IRS applications, and then nixing those IRS applications for nonprofit status if those nonprofits happened to be conservative. I remember when that happened and the Republicans didn't impeach him over it. The fact is, impeachment was atrophied the moment that Bill Clinton was not thrown out of the thrown out of the White House. The man obviously committed perjury and obstruction of justice. He was not ousted. At that point, the political body politic, it was atrophied. And so for Democrats to come around now and be like, well, this is completely partisan. Yeah, and it was completely partisan in 1998 when the Democrats decided that despite open crimes by the president of the United States, he was not going to be impeachable. So Trump declared this thing dead. Now, on a broad level, on a broad level, should the president be impeached? On a broad level, most presidents should probably have been impeached, or at least many presidents should have been, been impeached. When Barack Obama was launching wars in Libya without the express permission of Congress, when, when Barack Obama was droning American citizens overseas, I mean, like, well, and if you're on the left, when George W. Bush was exceeding his mandate with the war in Iraq, using the authorization to use military force for Afghanistan and Iraq, right? All of these things in any sort of vacuum would appear as quote unquote impeachable offenses. But the fact is this, 
Impeachment has been a dead letter for a long time. Civility has been a dead letter for a long time. Consensus has been a dead letter for a long time. The media's credibility have been a de- has been a dead letter for a long time. And so this is why I think that Democrats look at Trump and they see every outrage as a new outrage, a fresh outrage, because they believe that none of this is true. They believe that everything was hunky-dory under Barack Obama, that everything was wonderful and civil and delightful and cheerful and happy. They pretend the Bush years didn't exist, that Bush was just one of those wild outliers. It's weird how in the Democratic view, every Republican is an outlier. But the fact is that Donald Trump was the new normal before Donald Trump was the new normal. Donald Trump was the coroner of, uh, of, of America's politics. He was not, in fact, the murderer of America's politics. Now, that does raise the question as to how we rebuild an American politics in this arena with all of our institutions mistrusted. And as I say, I don't think that Donald Trump is rebuilding those institutions. I don't think that President Trump is restoring the integrity of the White House or the media. I don't think that he's restoring civility. I don't think he's restoring consensus. I don't think he's doing a lot of those things. But that does not mean that Donald Trump is the person who broke them. He came upon the warm but dead body of American politics. And and here is the proof of this. The Democrats are about to nominate Bernie Sanders. (laughs) Can you imagine an election between Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders? I mean, last time around, if you didn't think that was the death of American politics, Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton, one of the most widely despised, hated politicians of the last 30 years against a man who arrived on the political scene five seconds ago and had the lowest approval ratings for any candidate in American history. I don't know what to tell you. Our politics was broken before Trump. Trump was just the person who made it obvious that the politics were broken. And that's not impeachable. You want to put that up for an election in November? You can do that. But the real reason Democrats want to impeach Trump is because they want to assume that if it were not for Trump, the American body politic would be alive and well. And that ain't the case. That simply is not the case. Okay, so today, the impeachment vote is happening. The Democrats are going to impeach President Trump. The media will declare this a historic moment, and then this thing will move on to the Senate. It's not going to pay off for the Democrats, politically speaking. It's going to be pretty ugly for the Democrats, actually, politically speaking. Jim McGovern, Democrat of Massachusetts, chairman of the House Rules Committee, he says, if a president undermining our national security and using the federal government for his own selfish personal gain is not impeachable conduct, then Madam Madam Speaker, I don't know what is. Again, the Democrats speaking the language of if we don't impeach, then impeachment itself has been broken. Guys, impeachment was broken quite a while ago. Now, if you want to ask about whether you think this particular set of facts is impeachable, my answer for a long time has been no, because I don't think that you've actually fulfilled, I don't think that you have actually fulfilled the standard here. I don't think that you have actually fulfilled the criminal standard necessary to drive bipartisan approval. But with that said, again, impeachment's been broken for a very long time. To say that this is what breaks the, the mold, There's never going to be a legit impeachment again in American history, barring some sort of resurgent American unity, which I don't see happening in the near future, do you? Okay, we'll get to more of this in just one second. First, let us talk about a great holiday gift that will stand the test of time. I'm talking, of course, about pearls. You are talking about getting something great for your wife, your girlfriend, mom, sister. Let me tell you, the best gift, they will... Women love jewelry and they love pearls. How do I know? And they love pearls from the pearl source. I know this because I've gotten some for my wife. They are spectacularly beautiful. She loves them. And I got her a pearl necklace. I also got her a pair of earrings, sort of diamonds dripping down into a pearl earring. Just gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Beautiful, beautiful things. You can get them from the pearl source. And when you do, you're saving a ton of money. You save 70% off retail prices. Why? Because the pearl source cuts out the middleman. You're shopping online. They eliminate that traditional five times markup by jewelry stores. They're selling directly to you, the consumer. Now, Christmas and Hanukkah are already next week. Good news. It is not too late. The Pearl Source offers free two-day shipping on every order. Everything comes beautifully packaged in an elegant jewelry box. 
So it's ready to be given as a gift. You will receive your beautiful pearls in time for the holidays. Do it now so that you don't get stuck doing it later. No worries. The pearl source comes with the no-hassle 60-day money-back guarantee, so it's risk-free. So if you get her piece of jewelry she doesn't love, you can just get the money back. Plus, with more than 20 years in the pearl business, over 5,000 five-star reviews, you can be sure you're shopping from a trusted retailer. By the way, you don't have to trust them. You can trust me. I know the people who run the pearl source. I've known them for decades. They are absolutely trustworthy, honorable people. They're great. It's a terrific business. Go check them out right now. Thepearlsource.com slash Ben. Enter promo code Ben at checkout. You get an extra 20% off your entire order. For everyone on that Christmas list, wife, mom, sister, daughter, it's a gift that lasts the test of time. Go straight to the source, the Pearl Source, thepearlsource.com slash Ben. Enter promo code Ben at checkout. Go check it out right now. It's basically last chance before the holidays, and you can still get that shipping in, but like they're going to ship it to you real fast, so you get it before the holidays. Okay, so the Democrat narrative is that if we don't impeach over this, impeachment is broken. The Republican narrative is you're, you're cherry-picking the evidence. Tom Cole of Oklahoma, the ranking Republican on the House Rules Committee, said the Democrats were being partisan and using cherry-picked evidence to fit their narrative. He says, if we're really being honest, Democrats have been searching to impeach Trump since the day he was elected. And that, of course, is true. They've been searching, to, they've been looking to impeach Trump because they believe that Trump is the aberration. The American body politic was healthy, and Trump murdered it. And if we can withdraw Trump and withdraw the knife, everything goes back to normal. Except there wasn't the normal. There wasn't the normal in the first place. And I think most Americans understand this, which is why the impeachment stuff is not going anywhere. People feel like Democrats are partisan. People feel like this has nothing to do with healing the body politic and everything to do with exacerbating the divides inside the body politic. This is how the American people feel. So the way you can tell this most, most easily is the fact that Democrats are not even running ads on impeachment. Republicans are. Nick Cora Siniti, writing for the New York Times, for the past two months, television ads across central Virginia have sounded a lot like President Trump's Twitter feed. A rigged process, a sham impeachment, no quid pro quo. But Pelosi's witch hunt continues. An ad from the Republican nonprofit group America First Policies cried as images of Abigail Spanberger, who represents the region in Congress, flickered on screen. Spanberger, of course, is a blue Democrat in a, in a red district or purple district. During the roughly two months the impeachment inquiry has been underway, Trump and his Republican allies have flooded the airwaves, spending more than $16.7 million on ads critical of the impeachment effort. A vast majority of those ads attack House Democrats rather than defending the president, according to Advertising Analytics, an ad-tracking firm. Democratic groups are not fighting back directly, are choosing to instead focus mainly on other issues like health care, which shows you what they think, right? If they thought that a referendum on Trump would win them re-election, if they think that just shouting that Trump is going to skew the election unless you get out and vote is going to win the election for them, even they don't think that. Instead, they're running ads on health care. They're spending just $5.4 million on television ads specific to impeachment. Instead, the most prominent democratically funded message on TV is Mike Bloomberg for president. So the Democrats are not spending on pushing the impeachment effort. Why? Because they know the American people do not agree with them that Donald Trump, the elected president of the United States, remember, 63 million people voted for him, and right now he is favored in the polls to win re-election. And according to the latest polls out, the only Democrat who is capable of beating him is Joe Biden, and Biden is fading in the polls against Trump. And he's lost ground to Trump over the past couple of months. And so the American people are just not buying the argument that if you don't get rid of Trump, the American people will not be heard. Now, Trump himself, and honestly, Trump himself makes the case for Democrats that he is out of the box, but the American people still see through that and they say, yeah, no, politics was out of the box. You are just, this is just the latest episode in, in Arkham Asylum over here. So President Trump has sent a letter to Nancy Pelosi. It's something that his base enjoys because the letter is full on Trump. I mean, it's Trumpy, Trumpy, Trumpy. It's something that the middle of the country kind of shrugs at because they figure, okay, well, independents are like, yeah, that's Trump. That's my Trump. Like, we know him. We got it. 
And Democrats are infuriated by it. Because again, to Democrats, he's the murderer. He is not the coroner. His very presence is the knife wound in the body. As opposed to everybody else who's like, yeah, no, he, he, you know, he's just a symptom. He ain't the cancer. He's the symptom. Right? Just like most other things in American politics are symptoms of a broader ill. So here is President Trump's letter to Nancy Pelosi. And it is, it is wild. Okay, It's a wild letter. It makes some points. It is colorful. And it is just an indicator that if the American people want to get rid of this guy, guess what? A year from now, 11 months from now, they will have every opportunity to do so. And the Democrats don't want to give you the opportunity to do so. They get to make their case that Trump should not be the new normal. They get to make their case that Trump is everything wrong with the body politic. And you may not buy that case. And that's what they're afraid of. Because here's the thing. Democrats, I asked this to Bill Maher once. We were talking about the the Russia-Trump stuff. And I said at the time, I don't think there's evidence that, that Donald Trump worked with the Russians to skew the 2016 election. And Maher was like, really, you don't? It was on, uh, on real time. It was about two years ago, maybe. I said, I don't think there's evidence for that. And if the evidence does emerge, then I will rethink my position. But I don't think the evidence is there for that. And he's like, really, you don't think that? And at the same time, he was maintaining that Trump was an idiot. I said, well, you're going to have to pick. Either he's an idiot or he's a mastermind or he's a criminal mastermind. Which is it? Well, Democrats are sort of stuck in the same position with regard to this Trump-Ukraine stuff. On the one hand, he's a criminal mastermind, deviously seeking to skew the results of the 2020 election by using a Ukrainian foreign policy to interfere with American politics. On the other hand, he's a dundering moron who stumbles from place to place. Now, the reality is Trump is just Trump. He's a set of responses to stimuli. Donald Trump is a galvanized frog of politics. And sometimes it's great. He's a contained nuclear facility. Every so often, the nuclear nuclear facility becomes uncontained and you have runover. Every so often, you have a near meltdown. But the fact is that the walls of American constitutional systems are very thick. Those cement walls are very thick. They basically contain him. And so when we get glimpses of the, of the nuclear power underneath, it's like, oh, man. But do we feel that he's basically contained? I think the American people basically feel this is contained. Now, whenever he issues these letters, people on the left are like, well, and this is why he should be impeached. And guess what? Because you think he should be impeached over this letter, this is why we don't trust you. Really, because this letter ain't impeachable. Now, you've seen Democrats being like, this is the very reason why Donald Trump should be impeached. The letter is basically just a six-page long restatement of his main thesis, which is that the impeachment is a disgrace, something that he said yesterday in a press conference. Here's President Trump explaining that the vote itself is a disgrace. To impeach the president of the United States for that is a disgrace, and it's a, a mark in our country. And I'll tell you what, other presidents in the, in the future... Unless they do something about this, other presidents are going to have to live with this. And every time they do something that's a little bit unpopular, a little bit strong, even if they're 100 percent right, because I've done a great job. Okay, so Trump then sends a letter to this effect. And Nancy Pelosi's response to the letter is that the letter is sick and just another reason why he should be impeached. Okay, well, that is a referendum again on is he the murderer or is he the coroner? The letter to her is evidence that he's the murderer. The response from the American people basically has been, nope. You were part of this, Nancy. You've been here for years. Donald Trump's been here for like three years. You were one of the murderers of American politics. We were there. We remember. Here's Nancy Pelosi calling the letter sick. No reaction. It's ridiculous. You have no reaction? Why not? No, I mean, I haven't really fully read it. We've been working. I've seen the essence of it, though, and it's really sick. It's really sick, guys. It's, 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 it's sick. And every Republican goes, yeah, you know what's sick? You leaping to an impeachment inquiry without evidence of an actual crime, right? That's what's really sick. 
In just a second, we'll get to the actual text of President Trump's last, uh, his his pre-impeachment letter, the last letter that he will write as a non-impeached president in the House. We'll get to that in one second because it is entertaining. It is, it is all you have come to expect from President Trump. We'll get to all of those things in just one second. First, we need to talk about the fact that your car, basically it can break down. And when it breaks down, you don't know how to fix it anymore. It ain't like an old 1965 Chevy where you can open the engine, take a look inside and fix the thing. Basically, your car is a computer on wheels. And what that means is that anytime there's a breakdown in your car, it could cost you an absolute fortune. You don't know how to fix it yourself. This is why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. Exactly the kind of stuff that you cannot fix yourself. You get to choose your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work. CarShield will take care of the rest. CarShield coverage gets you back on track in no time. They offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield has helped over 1 million customers already, so drive with confidence knowing that you do have coverage from America's number one auto protection provider. I have coverage from CarShield. CarShield is an excellent company. Whether you have 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles on your vehicle, it is inevitable that something will break. Don't wait until your check engine light comes on. Get covered by CarShield today. It can provide you the peace of mind of knowing, okay, your car breaks down in the middle of the highway and you have no idea what to do with it, and you can't take it over to the local auto, pod, auto body shop and just get it fixed without spending a bunch of money out of pocket. CarShield's got you covered. Call 800-CAR-6000, mention code BEN, or visit carshield.com and use code BEN to save 10% today. That's carshield.com, code BEN, and you can drive with security. A deductible may apply. That's carshield.com, code BEN, or 800-CAR-6000, and mention code BEN when you call, and you get 10% off. Go check them out right now and feel that peace of mind of knowing that you are now protected on the road. Okay, so here is Donald Trump's incredible wild letter to, to Nancy Pelosi. All of the good, all of the bad, wrapped up into a ball from the President of the United States. So here he is. Dear Madam Speaker, I write to express my strongest and most powerful protests against the partisan impeachment crusade being pursued by the Democrats in the House of Representatives. This impeachment represents an unprecedented and unconstitutional abuse of power by Democrat lawmakers unequaled in nearly two and a half centuries of American legislative history. And now you know that Trump is writing this because he is capitalizing bizarre words. So Democrat and like lawmakers is capitalized for no reason. Not, not really sure why. To be fair, it is not an unconstitutional abuse of power. The Constitution, like, he couldn't appeal his impeachment. The articles of impeachment introduced by the House Judiciary Committee are not recognizable under any standard of constitutional theory, interpretation, or jurisprudence. They include no crimes, no misdemeanors, and no offenses whatsoever. You have cheapened the importance of the very ugly word impeachment. Hey, this happens to be true. Hey, that this happens, to, they do not include a crime. And this is a point that I have made, right? Yes, it is true that if Richard Nixon came up for impeachment today, probably he would not be impeached. It is also true that at least that impeachment effort had crimes attached to it. The same thing happened to be true with Bill Clinton, who had perjury and obstruction of justice attached to it. The Democrats specifically crafted these charges to avoid including criminal conduct. They said abuse of power, which is not a crime, and obstruction of Congress, which is not a crime. The second charge, by the way, obstruction of Congress is so unbelievably weak because, again, all they had to do was wait for a judiciary to force Trump's officials to turn over documents Trump would have done it. And then there's no obstruction of justice. And so that is just, it's an utter outright lie. And he's correct when he says that these, these charges include no crimes. Trump continues, by proceeding with your invalid impeachment, you are violating your oaths of office. You are breaking your allegiance to the Constitution and you are declaring open war on American democracy. And you know this, this last statement that they're declaring an open war on American democracy, listen, they're using constitutional means. But I think that the vast majority of the American people in the end, if given the choice between impeachment and we get to vote on this guy in 2020, 
I'm like, let's vote on the guy. The Democrats are treating this as though this is the final referendum on Trump, which is a bizarre take, by the way. They keep saying over and over, if Trump isn't impeached, well, then he could cheat and steal the election. And so now you are delegitimizing every election from here, from, from here on in, which Democrats have been wont to do in 2016 with Stacey Abrams in Georgia in 2018. Trump says you dare to invoke the founding fathers in pursuit of this election nullification scheme, yet your spiteful actions display unfettered contempt for America's founding and your egregious conduct threatens to destroy that which our founders pledged their very lives to build. I'm not going to say that every sentence here was written by Trump. He says, even worse than offending the founding fathers, you are offending Americans of faith by continually saying, I pray for the president when you know this statement is not true unless it is meant in a negative sense. It is a terrible thing you are doing, but you will have to live with it. Not I, not I. At this point, I've, I've slipped from mild consternation to enjoyment because if we're going to have a circus, bring out the elephants, man. I want to see the clowns. I want to see the bearded lady. I want to see the acrobats. I want to see the whole thing. I'm going to break out this popcorn right now because let's be real. I've not been entertained by this impeachment and I've been rooting for entertainment because when all hope is lost, at least we can all enjoy the entertainment, correct? But the fact is it has not been enjoyable because you know the end of the movie. So if we can at least have some pyrotechnics, that's good. And Trump is here to provide the pyrotechnics. He says, your first claim, abuse of power, is a completely disingenuous, meritless and baseless invention of your imagination. You know that I had a totally innocent conversation with the president of Ukraine. I then had a second conversation that has been misquoted, mischaracterized, and fraudulently misrepresented. Misrepresented. Fortunately, there was a transcript of the conversation taken, and you know from the transcript, which was made immediately made available, well, it was made available upon this becoming a national issue, that the paragraph in question was perfect. <laughs> I said to President Zelensky, I would like you to do us a favor, though, because our country has been through a lot, and Ukraine knows a lot about it. Okay, here, this is true. Democrats keep saying that Trump said to Zelensky, do me a favor. It's not true. He said, do us a favor. He said, do America a favor. And this has been my claim since the beginning is that Trump perceived his interest to be America's interest. And he was concerned not about 2020, but about 2016, because Trump is very much concerned about his vindictive 2016 concerns. The Democrats spent two years investigating 2016 and whether it had been skewed. It does not seem out of the realm of possibility that the American people have a right to know what happened in 2016 up to and including what happened in Ukraine. Now, was that founded on serious grounds by Rudy Giuliani? We don't know yet. I have serious doubts that it was. But for the president to believe a batch of false information presented by Rudy Giuliani and then to ask the Ukrainians to investigate that false information, believing it to be suspicious or true about the 2016 election is not a high crime. It is not a misdemeanor. It really isn't even doing anything wrong. The only thing that it's doing wrong is believing your personal attorney who has very little credibility on matters Ukraine related. It's believing what is beneficial for you to believe. That's why I've said, you know, if, if they had, if Democrats were smart, they would have gone for censure here, not impeachment. By going for impeachment, they've basically unified the Republican Party. We'll get to more of President Trump's very pyrotechnic letter in just one moment. First, let us talk about the fact that we are approaching the end of the year. You probably have one of those to-do lists, right? You want to get a bunch of stuff done before you go on vacation next week. I know that I do. Well, one of the things that you might want to get done is that life insurance policy, because who the hell knows what's going to happen over that holiday break? And the last thing you want is to leave your family bereft. And I would imagine if something bad happens to you, your family's already in mourning, and suddenly they realize that they don't have any stream of income. Suddenly they realize they got to pay for that funeral. It ain't going to go great. This is why you should have life insurance. Every responsible adult should have life insurance. But where the heck do you get life insurance? Answer, policygenius.com. Policy Genius makes finding the right life insurance a breeze. In minutes, you can compare quotes from the top insurers and find your best price. You could save $1,500 or more a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. Once you apply, the Policy, Gen Policy Genius team 
We'll handle all the paperwork and the red tape. And Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy. They can also help you find the right home and auto insurance, disability insurance. So if you need life insurance, but you're not sure where to start, why not start over at PolicyGenius.com? Just takes a few minutes to find that right life insurance policy, apply, cross another thing off that holiday to-do list. Policy Genius, when it comes to life insurance, it is indeed nice to get it right. Okay, we're going to get back to President Trump's letter and to Mitch McConnell's response in the Senate to where all of this is going. Everything impeachment related coming up. First, great news, gang. We have a perfect gift for you to give this holiday season. It is the gift of me. No, I'm not going to come to your house, but it's like I'm living with you. Well, not quite like that, because then, I mean, then it would be bad. But like, it's a great gift, okay? It's the Daily Wire membership. From now until January 1st, all Insider Plus gift memberships will be 25% off. That means your loved one will get all the fantastic perks, plus the majestic leftist tears tumbler, and you will receive the savings. If you're not already a subscriber, you're really missing out. Head on over to dailywire.com and subscribe again. That's 25% off all Insider Plus gift memberships this holiday season. Give them a gift they will thank you for all year long. Go to dailywire.com slash gift to get your 25% off. Again, that is dailywire.com slash gift. Get that 25% off. Do not wait. Stop depriving yourself. Come join the fun. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Okay, so President Trump continues with this letter to Nancy Pelosi that leads up to the impeachment vote today. He says, that in this call with Zelensky, I mentioned the Attorney General of the United States. Every time I talk with a foreign leader, I put America's interests first, just as I did with President Zelensky. You're turning a policy disagreement between two branches of government into an impeachable offense. It is no more legitimate than the executive branch charging members of Congress with crimes for the lawful exercise of legislative power. Now, here, Trump is actually making a pretty good point, right? The point that he is making is that Democrats keep complaining that they think that his Ukraine policy was flawed. Well, guess what? I think his Ukraine policy was flawed. He was elected. I was not. The Democrats in Congress do not get to control Ukraine policy, at least insofar as President Trump going through the motions of military aid, President Trump meeting with foreign leaders. Right? He's the commander in chief. He does have extraordinary power on the foreign policy front. And just because you disagree with him and just because Maria Bonovich disagrees with him and just because Gordon Sunland disagrees with him and just because Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman disagrees with him, that does not make it a criminal impeachable offense. Trump continues with regard to Biden. He says, you know full well that Vice President Biden used his office and $1 billion of U.S. aid money to coerce Ukraine into firing the prosecutor who is digging into the company paying his son millions of dollars. You know this because Biden bragged about it on video. Biden openly stated, quote, I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I looked at them and said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor is not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch, he got fired. Even Joe Biden admitted just days ago in an interview with NPR that it looked bad. Now you're trying to impeach me by falsely accusing me of doing what Joe Biden has admitted he actually did. Now, again, that, that's probably an overread of what Biden is admitting to. Right? There's suspicion by Republicans that Joe Biden was militating against a prosecutor who was looking into Burisma, which had hired his son Hunter for $50,000 a month to be on its board of directors, which is an extraordinary amount of money for a useless, incompetent buffoon. Okay, but with that said, Biden wouldn't admit to that. But Trump was suspicious of that. Is that completely wrong? Hard to see why. President Zelensky has repeatedly declared I did nothing wrong and that there was no pressure. He further emphasized that it was a good phone call, that I don't feel pressure and ex explicitly stressed that nobody pushed me. The Ukrainian foreign minister stated very clearly, I've never seen a direct link between investigations and security assistance. He also said there was no pressure. Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, a supporter of Ukraine who met privately with President Zelensky, has said, at no time during this meeting was there any mention by Zelensky or any Ukrainian that they were feeling pressure to do anything in return for the military aid. Many meetings have been held between representatives of Ukraine and our country. Never once did Ukraine complain about pressure being applied. Not once. 
Ambassador Sumlin testified that I told him, no quid pro quo, I want nothing, I want nothing, I want Zelensky to do the right thing, do what he ran on. Okay, well, that that is certainly what Trump told Sunland. Sunland then testified that he thought there was a quid pro quo, but that's exactly the point, is that there isn't enough for impeachment, even if you are suspicious that Trump is not telling the truth here. The second claim, so-called obstruction of Congress, is preposterous and dangerous. House Democrats, says Trump, are trying to impeach the duly elected president of the United States for asserting constitutionally-based privileges that have been asserted on a bipartisan basis by administrations of both political parties throughout our nation's history. So as I say, I don't think Trump wrote this whole letter. There are parts of this that are actually quite true and quite good and well-spoken. Because under that standard, every American president would have been impeached many times over. As liberal law professor Jonathan Turley warned when addressing congressional Democrats, quote, I can't emphasize this enough. If you impeach a president, if you make a high crime and misdemeanor out of going to the courts, it's an abuse of power. It's your abuse of power. You're doing precisely what you're criticizing the president for doing. And here's where we get very Trumpy. Okay, so now he's made his legal points. And here we get the full Trump. Yeah, man. He says, everyone you know, everyone, you included, knows what is really happening. Your chosen candidate lost the election in 2016 in an electoral college landslide, 306 to 227. He actually won 304 to 227, but no problem. He says, and you and your party have never recovered from this defeat. You have developed a full-fledged case of what many in the media call Trump derangement syndrome. And sadly, you will never get over it. You are unwilling and unable to accept the verdict issued at the ballot box during the great election of 2016. (laughs) So you have spent three straight years attempting to overturn the will of the American people and nullify their votes. You view democracy as your enemy. Speaker Pelosi, you admitted just last week at a public forum that your party's impeachment effort has been going on for two and a half years, long before you ever heard about a phone call with Ukraine. 19 minutes after I took the oath of office, the Washington Post published a story headline, the campaign, to, the campaign to impeach President Trump has begun. Less than three months after my inauguration, Representative Maxine Waters stated, I'm going to fight every day until he's impeached. House Democrats introduced the first impeachment resolution against me within months of my inauguration. For what will be regarded as one of our country's best decisions, the firing of James Comey. See Inspector General reports, who the world now knows is one of the dirtiest cops our nation has ever seen. <laughs> By the way, Comey was wildly incompetent. Should have been fired by the Obama administration, actually. A ranting and raving congresswoman, Rashida Tlaib, declared just hours after she was sworn into office, we're going to go in there and we're going to impeach the mother effer. Representative Al Green said in May, I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. Again, you and your allies said and did all of these things long before ever you heard of President Zelensky or anything related to Ukraine. See, here's the thing about Trump, right? And this is what you're getting from the letter. A lot of what he's saying is absolutely true. And, that, and thus, the referendum on Trump is really a referendum on broader American politics and the belief that the Democrats are not going after Trump on solid grounds, that this is just the latest hook upon which they are hanging their hat. And Trump is putting his finger there, and he is correct about that. He's doing it in colorful fashion, but he's right. He says, as you know very well, this impeachment drive has nothing to do with Ukraine or the totally appropriate conversation I had with its new president. It only has to do with your attempt to undo the election of 2016 and steal the election of 2020. Congressman Adam Schiff cheated and lied all the way up to the present day, even going so far as to fraudulently make up out of thin air my conversation with President Zelensky of Ukraine and read this fantasy language to Congress as though it were said by me. And he is specifically referring to this incident where Adam Schiff basically did make up a conversation about how Trump was shaking down Ukraine instead of just reading the transcript. His shameless lies and deceptions dating all the way back to the Russia hoax is one of the main reasons we are here today. You and your party, says Trump are desperate to distract from America's extraordinary economy, incredible jobs boom, record stock market, soaring confidence, and flourishing citizens. By the way, this is Trump's entire 2020 ad campaign, and it's going to work. He says, your party simply cannot compete with our record. Seven million new jobs, 
the lowest ever unemployment for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, and Asian-Americans, a rebuilt military, a completely reformed VA with choice and accountability for our great veterans, more than 170 new federal judges and two Supreme Court justices, historic tax and regulation cuts, the elimination of the individual mandate, the first decline in prescription drug prices in half a century, the first new branch of the U.S. military since 1947, the Space Force, strong protection of the Second Amendment, criminal justice reform, a defeated ISIS caliphate, the killing of the world's number one terrorist leader, al-Baghdadi, the replacement of the disastrous NAFTA trade deal with the wonderful USMCA, which is definitely an exaggeration, a breakthrough, I mean, NAFTA was not disastrous, and also USMCA mostly mirrors NAFTA, a breakthrough phase one trade deal with China, massive new trade deals with Japan and South Korea, withdrawal from the terrible Iran nuclear deal, cancellation of the unfair and costly Paris Climate Accords, becoming the world's top energy producer, recognition of Israel's capital, opening the American embassy in Jerusalem, and recognizing Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights, a colossal reduction in illegal border crossings, the ending of catch and release, and the building of the southern border wall. And that is just the beginning. There is so much more. You cannot defend your extreme policies. Open borders, mass migration, high crime, crippling taxes, socialized health care, destruction of American energy, late-term taxpayer-funded abortion, elimination of the Second Amendment, radical far-left theories of law and justice, and constant partisan obstruction of both common sense and common good. This paragraph is Trump's re-election campaign in a nutshell, and it is, it is very likely to work. Because it is simply true that Trump's record on the actual issues has been pretty good for Americans. In the end, that is true. And Democrats are hoping that this election becomes a referendum on Trump by making this impeachment effort, it starts to become an, an election referendum on Democrats. And who's the candidate who can avoid that? Who's the candidate on the Democratic side who can avoid this thing becoming a referendum on the Democrats' own extremism and their willingness to push impeachment about political priorities? Who can do that? Bernie? By the way, Bernie right now is leading in New Hampshire. He may be leading in Iowa. He, there, there are not enough polls in Nevada to know. Bernie is, is in solid shape to at least be competitive for the Democratic nomination. Joe Biden is durable, but he ain't blowing anybody away in that nomination race. So that's a weak field, and Trump knows it, and he's putting his finger on it. Trump says, there's nothing I would rather do than stop referring to your party as the do-nothing Democrats. Unfortunately, I don't know you'll ever give me a chance to do so. After three years of unfair and unwarranted investigations, $45 million spent 18 angry Democrat prosecutors, the entire force of the FBI, headed by leadership now proven to be totally incompetent and corrupt, you have found nothing. Few people in high position could have endured or passed this test. You do not know, nor do you care, the great damage and hurt you have inflicted upon wonderful and loving members of my family, says Trump. You conducted a fake investigation upon the democratically elected president of the United States, and you are doing it yet again. There are not yet many people who would have taken the punishment inflicted during this period of time and yet done so so much for the success of America and its citizens. Now, you can tell that sentence is written by Trump because it's, 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 his arm is barely long enough to, to pat himself on the back there. He says, instead of putting our country first, you have decided to disgrace our country still further. You completely failed with the Mueller report because there was nothing to find. So you decided to take the next hoax that came along, the phone call with Ukraine, even though it was a perfect call. And by the way, when I speak to foreign countries, there are many people with permission listening to the call on both sides of the conversation. You are the ones interfering in America's elections. You are the ones subverting America's democracy. You are the ones obstructing justice. You are the ones bringing pain and suffering to our republic for your own personal, selfish, political, and partisan gain. Before the impeachment hoax, it was the Russian witch hunt against all evidence. And regardless of the truth, you and your deputies claim that my campaign colluded with the Russians. A grave, malicious, slanderous lie, a falsehood like no other. <laughs> that, hey, I, I, listen, I, I get enjoyment from the fact that President Trump has these sort of key phrases that he comes back to. Like no other. It's, there was a, a tsunami like no, a hurricane like no other. Because you can sort of see Trump just reading this out loud before a, before a, a fire a sort of soft fire glowing in the background. He's got that Christmas log out, just reading this out loud. 
You forced our nation through turmoil and torment over a wholly fabricated story, illegally purchased from a foreign spy by Hillary Clinton and the DNC in order to assault our democracy. Yet, when the monstrous lie was debunked and this Democrat conspiracy dissolved into dust, you did not apologize, you did not recant, you did not ask to be forgiven, you showed no remorse, no capacity for self-reflection. Instead, says Trump, you pursued your next libelous and vicious crusade. You engineered an attempt to frame and defame an innocent person. All of this was motivated by personal political calculation. Your speakership and your party are held hostage by your most deranged and radical representatives of the far left. Each one of your members lives in fear of a socialist primary challenger. This is what is driving impeachment. Look at Congressman Nadler's challenger. Look at yourself and others. Do not take our country down with your party. If you truly cared about freedom and liberty for our nation, says Trump, you would be devoting your vast investigative resources to exposing the full truth concerning the FBI's horrifying abuses of power during and after the 2016 election, including the use of spies against my campaign, the submission of false evidence to a FISA court, the concealment of exculpatory evidence in order to frame the innocent. The FBI has a great and honorable people, but the leadership was inept and corrupt. I would think that you would be personally appalled by these revelations because in your press conference the day you announced impeachment, you tied the impeachment effort directly to the completely discredited Russia hoax, declaring twice that all roads led to Putin when you know that is an abject lie. I've been far tougher on Russia than President Obama ever even thought to be. That part's true. He says any member of Congress who votes support of impeachment against every shred of truth, fact, evidence, and legal principle is showing how deeply they revile the voters and how truly they detest America's constitutional order. Our founders feared the tribalization of partisan politics. You are bringing their worst fears to life. And here is where President Trump goes the full Trump. He says, worse still, I've been deprived of basic constitutional due process from the beginning of this impeachment scam right up to the president. I have been denied the most fundamental rights afforded by the Constitution, including the right to present evidence, to have my own counsel present, to confront accusers, to call and cross-examine witnesses. Now, again, he does have the ability to, to do all of that in a Senate trial, which he probably will, will forego. Like the so-called whistleblower who started this entire hoax with a false report of the phone call that bears no relationship to the actual phone call that was made. That's not so true. The whistleblower's report on the phone call was basically accurate. He says, once I presented the transcribed call, which surprised and shocked the fraudsters, they never thought that such evidence would be presented. The so-called whistleblower and the second whistleblower disappeared because they got caught. The report was a fraud. They were no longer going to be made available to us. In other words, once the phone call was made public, your whole plot blew up, but that didn't stop you from continuing. More due process was afforded to those accused in the Salem witch trials. Well, well, not that... Yeah. Well, I mean, they did like hang 20 women as witches in the Salem witch trials. And the due process involved some tests that weren't exactly like super due processing. So, yeah, no. You and others on your committees have long said impeachment must be bipartisan. It is not. You said it was very divisive. It certainly is. Even far more than you ever thought possible. It will only get worse. There is nothing more. This is nothing more than an illegal partisan coup that will, based on recent sentiment, badly fail at the voting booth, says Trump. You are not just after me as president. You are after the entire Republican Party. This is the part where Trump is. Now he's back on track, right? He says, because of this colossal injustice, our party is more united than it has ever been. Because again, people see this not just as a referendum on Trump, but as a referendum on the state of American politics and as a referendum on the Democrats who are happy to say the same crap about Trump that they said about Mitt Romney on a wide variety of other issues. History will judge you harshly as you proceed with this impeachment charade. Your legacy will be that of turning the House of Representatives from a revered legislative body into a star chamber of partisan persecution. Perhaps most insulting of all is your false delay of solemnity. Now, this part, this may be the best part of the letter. He says, you apparently have so little respect for the American people that you expect them to believe you are approaching this impeachment somberly, reservedly, and reluctantly. No intelligent person believes what you are saying. Fact check. True. 
Since the moment I won the election, the Democratic Party has been possessed by impeachment fever. There is no reticence. This is not a somber affair. You are making a mockery of impeachment. You are scarcely concealing your hatred of me, of the Republican Party, and tens of millions of patriotic Americans. The voters are wise. They are seeing straight through this empty, hollow, dangerous game you are playing. I have no doubt the American people will hold you and the Democrats fully responsible in the upcoming 2020 election. They will not soon forgive your perversion of justice and abuse of power. And Trump concludes, there is far too much that needs to be done to improve the lives of our citizens. It is time for you and the highly partisan Democrats in Congress to immediately cease this impeachment fantasy and get back to work for the American people. While I have no expectation that you will do so, I write this letter to you for the purpose of history and to put my thoughts on a permanent and indelible record. 100 years from now, when people look back at this affair, I want them to understand it and learn from it so it can never happen to another president again. Sincerely yours, Donald J. Trump, President of the United States. So there you have President Trump's final signing off missive as the House of Representatives votes to impeach him. Okay, well, I promise you we have like two hours of additional commentary on this later on the radio show. That's why you should subscribe because as things develop over the course of the day, we'll be updating. We'll get to Mitch McConnell's plans and and all the rest. But I thought that since this is going to be what goes down in the history books, the vote and Trump's letter, you ought to have heard Trump's final thoughts before the actual impeachment happens. Okay, time for a quick thing that I like and then a quick thing that I hate. So quick thing that I like. I may as well make it an impeachment-related thing that I like. I'm amused by the Democrats in the Senate trying to proclaim that Mitch McConnell is the real holdup here. Again, the members of the House of Representatives had the ability to call all of these witnesses. They had the ability to call Mick Mulvaney. They had the ability to call Mike Pompeo. They had the ability to call Mike Pence. They had the ability to call John Bolton. They had the ability to do all these things. All they had to do was simply wait for the judiciary to adjudicate all of this. Instead, they didn't. They rushed ahead because they knew they didn't have the goods, so you may as well move this thing fast. Chuck Schumer now is trying to put this all in Mitch McConnell's lap. He says McConnell wants to use the Senate to help Trump with his cover-up. Okay, well, Democrats did a crap job with their investigation, and now they're looking for McConnell to clean up their diarrhea. That ain't happening. Here is Chuck Schumer trying to pressure McConnell. It appears Leader McConnell, after going on Fox News, has already made up his mind about the Senate impeachment trial. It's clear that Senator McConnell wants to use the Senate to help participate in a cover-up. Do you want someone who proudly says they are not impartial to be on a jury judging high crimes and misdemeanors, serious charges against the president of the United States? Okay, McConnell's response to all of this is, are you high? In what sense am I supposed to be impartial? I'm a senator. This is a political process. This is not a jury process. What the hell are you talking about? You're the ones who have said all along you don't need to show a crime because it's political. It isn't an actual criminal process. Here's Mitch McConnell going, uh, guys, I'm not a juror, and this is not an actual like criminal trial. And if it were a criminal trial, you don't have the goods. This thing wouldn't even meet the standard for prosecution, which happens to be true. Here's Mitch McConnell going, uh, guys, this is just crap. Uh, I'm not an impartial juror. This is a political process. There's not anything judicial about it. Impeachment is a political decision. The House made a <clears throat> partisan political decision to impeach. I would anticipate we will have a largely partisan outcome in the Senate. I'm not impartial about this at all. <laughs> you got to love that. You know, Mitch McConnell, he may be ramming through all sorts of garbage packages that President Trump approves of, you know, spending packages like $1.4 trillion in spending, which we'll get to in just a second. But when it comes to this sort of stuff, hey, he is a cut to the bone, stone cold cocaine Mitch killer. Here is Mitch McConnell also adding, by the way, I'm not going to save your garbage investigation. If you think I'm going to call a bunch of witnesses that you guys wouldn't even wait for, yeah, that ain't happening. Stuff it. The Senate is meant to act as judge and jury to hear a trial, 
not to rerun the entire fact-finding investigation because angry partisans rush sloppily through it. If the Senate volunteers ourselves to do House Democrats' homework for them, we will only incentivize an endless stream of dubious partisan impeachments in the future. We don't create impeachments over here, Mr. President. We judge them. And then Jackie Spire from California, who apparently has but passing knowledge of the legal process, suggests that Mitch McConnell should recuse himself. <laughs> because he's political, because he's a Republican, he should recuse. You're right. All the Republicans should recuse themselves and the Democrats, those impartial arbiters of fact and law, they should be the ones who vote. By Jackie Spire's logic, the only people who should be allowed to vote on the impeachment of a president are members of the opposing party. Can't imagine how that would end. Here's Jackie Spire being adult. I think, you know, we're going to have to call for a mistrial before it ever gets over to the Senate. And my understanding is that each of the senators is going to have to take an oath that they will independently evaluate the evidence for impeachment and for conviction. It sounds like there's no interest in doing that whatsoever. And I would think Mitch McConnell should recuse himself. He should recuse himself? Recuse himself. What does she think this is? It's a political process. And, and if it weren't a political process, again, you have not even charged him with a crime. I mean, time for a quick thing that I hate. Okay, so the House has now passed a $1.4 trillion spending bill because this is what we do these days. We just, we argue about impeachment. We argue about Colin Kaepernick on Nike commercials. We argue about all culture war issues. And then we just continue to spend to bankrupt our children and grandchildren. Here is the House acknowledging the passage of $1.4 trillion spending bill that will blow out the budget yet again. Five years ago this week, American forces were under siege from 200,000 German soldiers, over 1,000 panzers, as Hitler mounted a counteroffensive in the middle of the freezing cold winter at Christmas. Our boys no doubt wanted to get home. Yet this Congress surrenders. It surrenders to the swamp, mortgaging the future, the very future those men fought for. The president last spring about a massive omnibus said, I will never sign another bill like this again. I'm not going to do it again. Nobody read it. It's only hours old. Some people don't even know what's in it. It's $1.3 trillion, the second largest ever. Mr. President, I look forward to your veto. That's Representative Chip Roy. He is 100% correct. $1.4 trillion. The, the Republicans are spending more than the Democrats ever did. There's a, the, people have made the case before that there should be a split government between Democrats and Republicans because if you actually look at the spending during those periods, it tends to go down. And it's largely due to the Clinton-Gingrich era. But... It is true that this thing is a boondoggle. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff in here. And by the way, major issues that are just sort of passed into law. This bill has an actual provision that raises the sm the federal law regarding smoking from 18 to 21. So you have to be 21 years old to smoke a cigarette. So you can serve in the military, you can't smoke a cigarette. Wouldn't you think that that would, you know, occasion maybe some actual national debate? Now, I'm not a fan of smoking, but that seems like something that you should maybe have a separate debate on that shouldn't be in an omnibus package. Also, this package includes $25 million for federal research into gun violence, which, again, is so stupid. Like, they're doing it under the auspices of the, of the I believe, Health and Human Services Department at, at the NIH, the National Institute of Health, and the CDC, the Center for Disease Control. What does gun violence have to do with disease or the National Institute for Health? It doesn't. If you're going to do gun research, do it under the auspices of the DOJ. Do it under the auspices of the Department of Homeland Security. Doing it under the auspices of health is a way to suggest that you should be able to regulate guns in the same way that you regulate disease, which, of course, is completely insanity. Blaze, Blaze Media's Daniel Horowitz has a long piece today blasting the budget deal. He says there's no reason why Trump can't demand a clean continuing resolution for six weeks while the nation debates and even discovers the provisions of these bills. 
he should use the bully pulpit, threaten the, ve- threaten the veto pen to build the case for better immigration enforcement, punishing rebellious sanctuary states, and actually pu- fulfilling a fraction of his promises on spending levels. That ain't going to happen. Trump is moving forward full steam to 2020. And if the, that means blowing out the budget, Republicans will go along with him. All right, we'll be back here later today with a continuing update on all of the impeachment-related activities. Today, a historic day. The House makes the call to impeach the president of the United States. Historic, but non-important is, is sort of the, the way that this will play out historically as well as in our current 2020 election debate. But we'll be back here later today to recap it all for you. So make sure that you subscribe over at dailywire.com. Today would be a great day to subscribe. And right now, by the way, 25% off until January 1st. So now's a good time to do it. You're listening to The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Knowles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Rebecca Dobkowitz, directed by Mike Joyner, executive producer Jeremy Boring, senior producer Jonathan Hay, supervising producers Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling, technical producer Austin Stevens, associate producer Colton Haas, assistant director Pavel Wydowski, edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Caromina. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Olvera, production assistant Nick Sheehan. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2019. On the Matt Wall Show, we're not just discussing politics. We're talking culture, faith, family, all of the things that are really important to you. So come join the conversation. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 